This week on Worldview, India sends its foreign minister to attend the new Iranian president swearing in. Does this signal a new chapter in ties? Hello and welcome to Worldview at the Hindu with me, Sohasini Heather. Let me emphasize that India um, and Iran enjoy historical and cultural ties. We have been moving ahead with the various new initiatives, including on connectivity, as you know, such as Jawaharpur. Now, External Affairs Minister S. Jay Shankar was one of 115 officials from 73 countries who attended Iranian President Ibrahim Rahisi's swearing-in ceremony at the Majlis or the Parliament House in Tehran. This was on August the 5th. Amongst the guests were the Afghan President Ashraf Ghani, leaders of Iraq, Armenia and Algeria, and ministerial-level dignitaries from more than a dozen countries. The EU too sent a representative. Now, India has attended uh, presidential swearing-ins in the past as well. Um, New Delhi, in fact, had sent Vice President Hamid Ansari and Petroleum Minister Nitin Gadkari was sent for the two times. Mr. Rouhani was inaugurated in 2013 and 2017. So why was this one significant? There are two parts to the answer. One is the global realities. The other is the bilateral relationship at present. Remember, this is Jay Shankar's second visit to Iran in just a month. In early July, he had become the first foreign dignitary to call on Mr. Raisi, carrying with him a letter from Prime Minister Modi and had brought back an invitation to this very ceremony. That it was Mr. Jay Shankar himself who has gone for this uh, ceremony means that this isn't just a protocol visit, but it carries political weight and indicates that the Modi government does want to make a memorable beginning with the new Iranian president. So what is it about this president himself that makes it different? The pitch to Raisi is significant. In November 2019, remember, the US Treasury Department actually put him on a list of individuals for sanctions. Uh, this, they said, for alleged human rights violations, the sentencing of underage prisoners to death. This was in his role, his previous role as prosecutor general and then as head of Iran's judiciary. Raisi has denied those charges. He's also made ending what he calls tyrannical U.S. sanctions a priority. But this makes it even more interesting because Mr. Jayashankar made those visits to Tehran around a visit to Delhi by U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. Uh, this means that India is still prepared to walk that tightrope between its ties with the West and those with Iran. And remember, those two remain adversaries. Nuclear talks on the US rejoining the JCPOA agreement with Iran are also stalled at present after about six rounds. In addition, the US, UK and Israel right now have come down very heavily on Iran, accusing it of carrying out the attack on an Israeli-owned tanker off the coast of Oman last week, which saw a UK national killed. And that issue is now being taken up at the UN Security Council where India is the president for the month of August. So it's an important moment. The foreign minister's visit, lastly, is also significant due to the timing in Afghanistan. U.S. troops are expected to complete their pullout by August the 31st. The Taliban has stepped up attacks, trying to take over various cities, continuing with a very violent campaign there. Now, while Iran and India may have many differences on their outlook on many issues, the status of women, democratic freedoms, they do share a common cause in Afghanistan for a number of reasons. And let's just quickly take a look at those. 
India and Iran, to begin with, have faced attacks from groups allied to the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, Jundullah, Lashkar-e-Toyba, Jaish-e-Mohammed, other Sunni groups, basically. And they have a common concern about the Taliban gaining power in Kabul. We've spoken about this before. Secondly, the Iranian foreign minister, Javed Zarif, himself has said that an Islamic emirate in Afghanistan, which is what the Taliban wants, is, quote, a security threat for Iran and India and is an existential threat for Pakistan. Now, as both countries are neighbors to Pakistan, India and Iran have further cause for worry. Thirdly, while Russia, US, China have advocated power-sharing arrangements involving the Taliban in Kabul, they're part of all those talks in Doha, India and Iran have stayed a little further apart on this issue. They have upheld the legitimacy, they use that word, even President Raisi has used that word, of the democratically elected government in Afghanistan. Therefore, there's an avenue for cooperation if they decide to bolster the Ghani government at this time. Fourthly, India and Iran have both been left out of the US-Russia-China Troika and the Troika plus talks with Pakistan thus far, despite the fact that both India and Iran are regional powers. And finally, India and Iran actually have cooperated on connectivity projects for Afghanistan and for Central Asia. So part of that larger regional connectivity um, network, one at Chabahar, uh, that goes to directly to Afghanistan, but also at the INST, the International North-South Transport Corridor, that goes through the Iranian port of Bandar Abbas. So there are a lot of reasons for India to be involved with Iran in the Afghanistan situation, and we've seen many talks between Mr. Jaishankar and Mr. Zarif in particular. So that brings us to the bilateral reasons why a new start between the two, a restart, as some would say, between India and Iran, is needed at this point. Remember, while the previous president in Iran, Hassan Rani, uh, from 2013 to 2021, began with very strong relations between the two countries. Uh, Prime Minister Modi had at that time visited Iran for the signing of the Chabahar Trilateral uh, Agreement in 2016. And President Rani had then uh, made a successful visit to New Delhi in 2018, uh, where they had agreed, in fact, to increase their energy ties. But there have been tensions over several issues, mainly India's decision in 2019 to cancel or zero out all its imports of oil from Iran. This because the US Trump administration passed new sanctions against Iran and issued a threat and a deadline. Prior to that, India used to import about two and a half billion tons of Iranian oil every month. Uh, that accounted for more than 10% of India's energy needs. So it was very significant the oil and energy trade between the two countries. For Iran, of course, India was a major buyer. And the Modi government's decision at that time had a deep economic as well as diplomatic impact. Remember, in 2012, when the US had issued a similar demand that India stop importing oil uh, from Iran, India had actually stood firm and not cut its oil imports out. Then you have the question of trade between the two. That used to be about more than $17 billion in 2018. Uh, that has now dwindled to less than a third. Uh, this is because they used to use a barter banking, rupee real mechanism to get around the US sanctions. Um, and that barter mechanism really depended on oil revenues. Now, this has had a further impact on Indian traders who used to import Iranian products, rice, fruits, other produce from Iran in return for that big oil uh, bill that India used to incur. 
The US sanctions, remember, have made a special exception for India or a carve out as it's called for India's investment in the Chabahar port specifically, uh, as long as it is used for humanitarian relief and trade with Afghanistan. And that seemed to be one way for India to work closely with Iran. But it remained on paper for most part. On the ground, the sanctions have severely curtailed India's ability to develop the Chabahar project more. Uh, remember, it took years to bring in the six cranes there are over there, for example, or to fill tenders for other equipment. Banks, insurance companies, freight companies all don't want to engage with the project because of possible um, uh, you know, sanctions being incurred. As a result, in 2020, in fact, Iran decided to go ahead with its Chabahar Zaidan rail project, dropping India from the deal as it seemed unable to participate in it. Then you have the question of India's own relations with uh, Iran when it comes to sensitive issues. As a traditional partner, Iran has actually rarely spoken about India's internal affairs, uh, especially Kashmir. Yet in the aftermath of uh, the government's decision on 370 in Jammu and Kashmir on August 5th, 2019, Iran's leadership, a lot of the leaders across, including in the parliament, as well as the top clerics, in the country issued sharp statements criticizing both the move as well as the arrests of thousands that followed. And this certainly caused some heartburn in New Delhi. Strategically, India's focus on the Quad and the Indo-Pacific and the tensions with China to its eastern frontier have meant less focus on India's partners to the West, uh, particularly given the break in ties with Pakistan. Meanwhile, Iran has increased ties with China Something that does worry India is Iran and China have now signed in 2020 a 25-year, $400 billion infrastructure partnership. This could affect Indian interests in Iran, the ports, as well as the oil and gas resources. It is important to remember, however, that Iran is India's traditional, historical and cultural partner. Until 1947, it was India's immediate neighbor. And it is still very much a maritime neighbor. It is of immense importance to India that Iran provides an alternate route of connectivity uh, to Afghanistan, Central Asia and Europe, particularly given India's problems with Pakistan and with China's Belt and Road Initiative that India has boycotted. If India is able then to um, work a way around U.S. sanctions or work, uh, decide not to follow those U.S. sanctions, Iran could once again be a vital source of energy as well for India at a time when oil prices in India have skyrocketed. Clearly a subject that we will continue to track for you for the moment. Here are some book recommendations. Um, the truth is that on India and Iran ties, many of the books that have been written are either about ancient history, and I'm not going to get into those on this show, or are fairly dry and, and academic books, but I'm going to tell you about the ones that really are very readable. One is called Persian Gulf, India's relations with the region. Uh, and it's part of a series by P.R. Kumaraswamy and Mudassar Kamar, who was Professor Kumaraswamy from the JNU. Um, and that series has a lot of updated information on the relationship. There's also a book by Asif Shuja called India-Iran Relations Under the Shadow of the Iranian Nuclear Issue Challenges for India's Diplomacy. So this is pretty up-to-date from 2017. Uh, there's a book that I've enjoyed reading called India and the Global Game of Gas Pipelines by Professor Gulshan Dietl. And this also has a lot on Iran. And finally, here's a book that I haven't actually read. I haven't been able to get my hands on, but I would love to. And that's about that old link between India and Iran of the Parsi community. 
Uh, and there is a book called Exile and the Nation, the Parsi Community of India and the Making of Modern Iran. Uh, so that connection by Afshin Marashi, if you do get a hold of it, please do write in and tell me how much you enjoyed it. But that's all we have time for this week here on Worldview from the team. Thanks for watching.